it really depends on what your strategy is and where, where you want to get to. If you're somebody that's doing multiple flips at the same time, you know, that private lending part of it is going to come in very handy for you. You're listening to the Right Club Podcast, where the focus is all about helping you grow your real estate investment portfolio and live the life you want to live. Come grow with us and join our community at therightclub.com. And now your hosts, Sarah Larby and Alfonso Salemi. All right. Welcome, everybody, back to another episode of the Right Club Podcast. Today, you guys are in for a treat. Sarah, I know you know how much I talk about a meal and how much I love a meal, but uh, that is who we're interviewing today. So Emil Jelnik from Mortgage Alliance, he is our mortgage broker at Jag Properties. Him and his team help us out in our rental programs. And uh, yeah, this is going to be an amazing interview. You guys are going to love it. How are you doing, Sarah? What's going on? I'm great. I'm great. What is going on? You know, so much. I'm looking forward to the nice weather. I'm looking forward to going up to the cottage. I've got some dates booked the next few weeks. So I'm really excited. And what about you? Yeah, we're actively keep going with the business. We're doing more presentations, doing more rent to own deals. Love doing that. Doing a lot more education as well too for our professional partners, like our realtors, our mortgage brokers, our investors, getting a little bit deeper, explaining to them about the rent to own. Cause it's funny when I'm like rent to own and everybody kind of cozies up and it's like, Oh, tell me how it works. I think that is the question that and like, where do you get your haircut are the most <laughs> two popular questions that I get is how does rent to own work or what is rent to own? Or I've heard of rent to own. So definitely systematizing that a little bit more, helping people understand and explain exactly what we do. And like I said, a meal I consider now like a really close personal friend of mine, and he was the one that really, him and his business partner were the ones that showed me how to do it. He's been doing rent-to-owns for, geez, probably 10, over 10 years uh, for sure that he's been doing those. And yeah, such a big part of our business and just, just a really good guy, really full of information that you can use. It's not just like, well, here's something. And then like, well, what do I do with that? It's like, how can we act on that? What can we do with that information? How can we buy, sell? What are we doing? Refinance, all that kind of stuff. So yeah, Alfonso, just out of curiosity, like how does your rent to own work? How do you do them? We help clients, tenant buyers that can't qualify for a mortgage, whether it's their down payment, their credit score, or their income. One of those three things, the banks, the lenders, they just say no. We look at that file and we say, okay, well, your income is okay. You don't have the full 5% down payment and your credit score is so-so. So that's just one example. And then there's just like a combination of those three things. Um, and then we look at what is that plan? So we need to save you up more of a down payment. Okay, perfect. We do that over the program. We need to improve your credit score. Let's do that. Your income, we can tell you to go get a higher paying job. That's easier to do. But it's really for those people that aren't claiming their income properly. So we help our clients that can't qualify today put them in a rent-to-own program. Typically, it's about three years. And then Emil and his team help that client qualify for the mortgage at the end. What I'm really excited about is we brought on Cheryl, who's our operations manager, but she has a money background as well too. So like the mindset about money and budgeting and, and how, where your money is going, right? So she's now helping our clients along the program as well too. But yeah, basically that's in a nutshell. If you want to learn more and you want to learn more about rent-to-own, definitely get on the website, jagproperties.com. We have a great video there. It's, it's more tenant buyer focused, but it does explain the program. If you're an investor, please reach out and let, let's talk. Let's see if they have something that interests you. The cash flow is amazing. So yeah, if it interests you, reach out. So 
I know, you know, it's like conflicting. You're, you're like the burr expert, right? And I'm the rent to own expert. And sometimes I, even when I'm talking, oh yeah, my co-host or yeah, my partner at the right club, she does the burr strategy. You're like burr, what's that? I'm like, bye, uh, call her. You got to talk to Sarah. <laughs> yeah. Why don't you break down? First of all, the burr strategy, is there four R's, five R's and, and you can only do it in Canada, right? Cause it's cold burr. <laughs> That's it. No, I'm just kidding. So essentially, it's basically like a flip and hold. So you buy a property, hopefully a little bit under market value, you renovate, rehab the property to rents. Then essentially what you do is you would rent out the property to some amazing tenants and you're going to refinance the property. So you're going to go to the bank, get it appraised, get a new mortgage on it, pull out that money and then you're going to use that rent money to repeat. And that's the last R. So it's like recycling your money, doing a flip, holding it, recycling your money and going over and over. And it's, uh, it's definitely my best strategy. And, and there's pros and cons. There's pros and cons to every single strategy. I like my strategy because I personally like to look at long-term wealth creation where I've got a property and I'm getting the mortgage pay down. I'm getting the appreciation and I'm getting the cash flow, but I'm not getting maybe as much cash flow as rent to own. So there's like pros and cons to every single strategy. I don't think that there's a best strategy for everybody. I think it's all individual. I mean, look how successful you are with rent to own and uh, everyone can be successful with a different strategy. And I think that's, that's the importance. And that's the piece that people want to, uh, want to think of before they go ahead and say, I'm going to go do this or I'm going to go do that. Does it meet your goals? Does it meet your strategy? What do you like about it? What do you not like about it? And I think that then that's important. And you pick one strategy and try to stick to that strategy because then you're going to become very well versed in it and you're going to become the expert over time. And I think that's the important piece because like when people call me and ask me, hey, what do you know about rent to own? Not a whole lot. Alfonso will know way much more about rent to own. And I can't really help you in that department because to be honest, I just have a 30,000 foot view over look on it and uh but you can dig a lot deeper into it well absolutely and that's why i i admire you and you inspire me with what you're doing with your coaching and your training and now you're actually showing people how to do it themselves to through your coaching and your mentoring in the programs that you've put together i know you've kind of you know leaned on me and looked and i've looked at a few just i haven't gone through the whole program myself but it's amazing what you're doing and it's just making it so much more accessible for people to go out there and do it, that knowledge right at their fingertips. And from somebody with your experience that have done so many of these, that's who you want to learn from. If Burr is what you want to do and your strategy, you definitely got to learn from Sarah. That's doing it, that has done it, has walked that, knows, you know, the quote unquote, knows where the landmines are, right? And what you did on your first property, you probably put systems in place that I'm never going to do that again, or that's the wrong way to do it, or I'm going to do that again. So that's the cool part is, you know, you've inspired me. That's why we're putting in more formal processes uh, of teaching and educating people because now we look at that and say, you know, there is a lot of experience that we have. There's things that are repeatable. There's things that are just like one-offs, but it's building those systems and, and, and making the, the, the second time, the third time, the fifth time, the hundredth time even easier, right? Absolutely. And you know what, Alfonso? Whether I'm doing the birth strategy and you're doing the rent-to-own strategy, we both need an awesome mortgage broker. And yes. I'm really excited to bring in Emil and you've been working very closely with him for so long and it was just so insightful, all of the information that he was able to give us. So let's play the interview. What do you think? Let's get to it. All right. All right. Welcome to the podcast, Emil Jelnik. I am so excited 
that you're on the podcast today. Emil, guys, for listeners out there, Sarah, Emil and I, I consider now really good friends, which is really cool. And Absolutely. one of my biggest mentors of real estate. So welcome. Welcome to the show, Emil. So happy to have you on. Yeah, thanks, Alfonso. Thanks, Sarah, for having me on. I appreciate you guys bringing me out. Absolutely. We were just joking around, I think, for the last 20 minutes. And <laughs> like, anything goes, we we're going to ask you, like, whatever questions that we want. All right. Anything answer. goes. Anything goes. I will do my best to answer all of them. All right. Well, awesome. Before, yeah, well, before we start getting into the, the hard-hitting questions, you have to share with the world, you have to share with our, our podcast listeners, Know how you got started in real estate investing and a little bit about your background before you did so yeah absolutely so it all started off when I graduated from university <laughs> i started a full-time job and about a couple months after i started somebody handed me a book and it was rich dad poor dad and i knew nothing about it so i was like yeah sure why not i'll give it a give it a go i read that book i think it took me like two days just to get through just get through it it was it was such easy easy reading and at the end of it i was like man, where did I go to school for? What's the, you know, why did I bother, right? I should have opened up my own business or something like that. But, but anyway, that really got my mind thinking about what I really want to do. Took a look around me at the people that were 65 years old, retiring and coming back the next day because they had nothing better to do. I was like, you know what? That just doesn't, like, I don't want to do that, right? So that's when I started getting into investing and I, I just started doing it on my own. Met a couple of realtors. I bought a fourplex in Hamilton and bought a condo in, uh, in Oakville and, and rented it out. And uh, things were going along okay. It was going pretty slow, but it was, it was okay. And then it was back in 2010, I heard, actually it wasn't me, it was my wife, was on Facebook. And she saw this ad for Rich Dad, Poor Dad. And she was like, hey, you should go to this. And I was like, well, I don't really want to go and meet people because I'm pretty introverted. So I didn't want to go and meet people. But my wife, who has no interest in real estate whatsoever, she said, well, you know what? I'll go with you. And so I was like, well, if she's going to go with me, then I have no excuse, right? I've got to go. So, so I went to that. And once again, that sort of changed my life. I ended up going through the training, which I know a lot of people in my, in my network have. And it really, really turned things around and, and really exploded things. So from 2010, started hitting it hardcore and, and investing in, in, in lots of different properties. And, and then in 2012, I was able to quit my day job and do this full time, which was pretty exciting. And, and the biggest thing for me, because I am introverted, it is hard for me to get out of my shell. I actually had a mentor come down and spend time with me and, and really show me the ropes, right? Held my hand through the whole thing. And I think that's one of the most important things if you're, if you're new to something, make sure that you have somebody teaching you all the way along. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and I think it was around that time, 2012 or so, when you'd kind of gone full time, that's when I was introduced to the exact same, the, the, the book, the coaching or the, the training program that you just mentioned as well, too. And that's, that's when I met you. I think it was at like an alumni event. And, and yeah, you were there I and think that's were, right. Yeah. Yeah. And, and basically, yeah, the, the, the people there were kind of pointing to you as an example of that. You had just left your job full time investing. And I remember at the back of the room towards the end of the night, I was like, Oh man, I just want to be in that position. I want to be like you. And you looked at me and you're like, tired? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and oh, I kind of, that's funny. Yeah. And yeah. I know exactly, I know exactly what you mean now because there's just it never ends, right? There's constantly yeah. constant going stuff on. And and I really want to pull out the point that you said was that you got the mentor. And I really want to thank you for being such an amazing mentor for me. <laughs> no problem. Yeah, you were that person that kind of opened that light and showed me how to do that. And, and it is so important is to learn from somebody that's doing what you want to do, right? So yeah, that's, um, that's exactly, that's exactly it. And, and that, like I said, that was the biggest part of it for, for me. And so I'm happy to give back to, to other people. And, 
And as you know, I've done uh, mentoring for other for other students as well through the same, same program, and it's really rewarding. It, it really is. Being able to teach somebody else do the same things that you've been doing, it is, uh, it is pretty exciting, yeah. That's right, doing it and teaching it. So fast yeah. forward to today. <clears throat> Now, what does your life look like? What do you think? <laughs> what does your portfolio look like? Walk us through that. Yeah, so things, I guess about, so 2012, is, as I said, is when I quit my, my day job. And about 2014 is when I uh, actually got my mortgage license. And the reason that I got it was that we were doing a lot of rent-to-own rent-to-own programs, right? And, and so I thought it would help me better understand the tenant buyer process. What does it take to get them qualified? What's a good tenant buyer that sort of thing. It's not a necessity, but at the same time, I was like, you know what, might as well double dip. And, and the whole goal was to try and make that, that side of it sort of like the business side that Robert Kiyosaki talks about, right? And, and really look at it from, from a big business standpoint. So, so that kind of changed my focus a little bit and it didn't, didn't mean to happen, but it, but it actually, it just kind of spiraled all on its own. So I got into, into the mortgages and it's been growing significantly over the last few years. And I've hired a couple of people to do some of the work for me and kind of keeping that big business mentality in mind. And at the same time, still, still investing in real estate in the real estate world. I've got a couple of rent to owns some bigger multifamily buildings. I think at the peak, we were at about just over 200 units total. So between multifamily and, and rent to owns, had a couple buildings in the States as well, which were multifamily as well. And it was, yeah, it's been, uh, it's been pretty exciting. Very cool. Yeah. So I have a question because you're yeah. mentioning US and you're mentioning Canada and you are a mortgage broker. So what do you need to be aware of from a financing point of view when you're going into the US? Uh, you need to expect that it's going to be difficult. That's for sure. And when I bought those properties down there, that was actually even before I uh, became a mortgage broker. But but it is it, it is difficult, right? I, I know we had such a hard, a lot of challenges finding appropriate financing when we were down there. Like there were people that would give us fifty percent loan to value, but you know what? That doesn't make our ROI very good. So that just wasn't cutting it. And the ones that we bought. We ended up talking to the seller and saying, like, look, we're having a bit of a hard time. You hold some of the financing. And, and so he said, yeah, sure. How much, are, how much are you looking for? And, and so we always ask for all and expect some. And, and so we said, well, would you do 95%? And he said, okay, sure. <laughs> and we said, oh, no, we should have asked for 100. <laughs> yeah. yeah. How did that uh, work with 100? Like, so at 95%, is it over five years? Like, what's the deal that so, you yeah. Yeah, honestly, it was a it was a pretty basic pretty basic mortgage. We it was a five year term, and I think the interest rate was around four percent, amortized over thirty years. I think it was so it was awesome financing. Like you could never get that from a bank anywhere, right? right. And 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 all it took was asking the question, really, right? That's what it comes down to is making sure that you're asking asking the questions. Hey, Right Club Nation, we wanted to take a moment to pause the podcast for a second and introduce you to our amazing sponsor. Danielle Chason, founder of Strategic Success Consulting. Danielle has been a longtime supporter and member of the Right Club, and she's also spoken on her stage many times before. Danielle is an expert real estate investor and has successfully completed many rehab projects, burrs, buy and holds, legal secondary suites, and several joint venture partnerships. She has also raised millions in private funds. Absolutely, and she's also a passionate educator and she's hosting some upcoming workshops that you will not want to miss. So at her upcoming workshop called Reverse Engineering Real Estate, she's going to dial into 
the right investment strategy for you based on your current situation, your personal goals, and your resources that you have available. She's going to give you the tools you need to start investing immediately after completing the workshop. To get more information about Danielle and their upcoming workshops, please make sure to visit events.strategicsuccessconsulting.com. Again, that's events.strategicsuccessconsulting.com. You won't be disappointed. Danielle is a wealth of knowledge and loves to share her expertise. Thank you, Danielle, for being an awesome supporter of The Right Club and sponsoring our podcasts. Now back to the podcast. Yeah, and I think that was like a big underlying through the whole training or through the whole program of the education of the real estate is, like you said, ask for all and expect some. And I remember even yeah. in one of the trainings on the lunch break, it, we were actually taught to go out and get something free. Go to like the yep. McDonald's or the Harvey's or whatever that is and, and go get something free. And when you're in that mindset, like you're like, what? These people are crazy. They're, what do you, you go ask something for free? And the looks that you get, like, you know what? I'll challenge the listeners out there today to go out and do that. The next time you're at a restaurant, a hotel, or somewhere where they're selling something, go and ask something for free. And you're going to ask for it all and expect some. Get something back in return, right? So that was the whole thing. Yeah. Ask for something for free. And if they say no, be like, well, what can you do for me then? Right? And put it yeah. back. So that was such a great, a great tip that like, you passed along and you learned and, and then you pass it along to me too, right? So now I'm going to pass it along. <laughs> but, yeah, um, absolutely. And I'll, I'll just expand a little bit too, because I know I've worked with other investors that have bought in the state as well. And, and same with, with here in Canada, make sure that you're working with mortgage broker that's a legitimate mortgage broker. I know that I've heard bad stories with brokers collecting fees up front and not following through with the day and, and keeping money. And it's a bit of a different world down there. So you have to you have to be careful and be wary, but make sure that you're working with somebody reputable and, and be expecting that if you are coming from Canada, the rates may be a little bit higher and the loan to values might be a little bit lower. Right. So just keep that keep that in mind. So because I don't invest like in the US. Are there banks that, for example, like I think there's TD Bank in the U.S. that will look at what you have here and would that help or not really? It can, but it really depends on where you're investing because those banks aren't at every location in the United States, right? right? So if you're investing in an area where there is that bank, then definitely that relationship can help. But if you're outside those areas, then it is, it is difficult for sure. So, and obviously with, with the amount of experience that you have, and you said like over 200 doors and units that you know, you've invested in for all this time, what, what's your favorite strategy of investing? And even as a mortgage broker now, you see all types of different deals come across your desk as well. So what's yeah. your favorite? It's a good question. So I, I, I've really got two favorites with a third one coming up behind. So rent to own has, has always been awesome, right? I, I really love it. I really underestimated the positive emotions that you would get and like the positive feedback that you would get from helping a tenant buyer get into a home. Like, oh, this is an awesome strategy. I'm going to make lots of money, right? <laughs> yeah. But you know, having tenant buyers call you, you know, after they move in and they're like, oh my God, I never thought that I would you know, get into the home of my dreams and never thought this would happen. And they're crying and all that kind of stuff. And I was like, wow, this is amazing. And then three years forward, they call you again, right? After they get their own mortgage and they're like, man, I never thought this would happen. Honestly, it's just, it, it is unbelievable. So the returns are great. Not as much work as what I find some of the other strategies are. And that feeling of helping somebody out is, is pretty amazing. So I love that. Yeah. And uh, the other one that I love is the multifamily. Multifamily residential, it's, it's what I can relate to. 
when you're getting into bigger buildings, 20 units, that sort of thing, you know, you can have a property manager there and, and they're taking care of the property and, and it's less work than, than what some of the other, again, what some of the other strategies are. But that being said, you've always got to manage the manager, right? Which kind of brings me into my, my third favorite here, which is slowly becoming my, my first favorite is, is, is money lending. So lending on private mortgages, stuff like that, right? It's, it, is pretty, it is pretty awesome. There's absolutely no management involved. Right. You set up the deal at the beginning, you review all the details, meet with a lawyer, sign some paperwork, and then you just cash the checks. Right. And it, it's pretty phenomenal. So, so like I said, that's, that's slowly becoming my number one, my number one <laughs> avenue with the number of children that I have. And <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess. Right. So, okay. So you talked yeah. about a few things and I have, a, I want to go back just because oh, for sure. so much when it comes to mortgages and financing and you're also doing, you're doing it, but you're also getting mortgages for multifamily. And I want to yeah. ask you because it's a complete different ball game yes. to look for financing for single family or a small one to four unit. And it's a different yeah. ball game when you get in the commercial piece. Can you walk us through the differences between the two? Yeah, for sure. So on the residential side, you know, like we're talking one to four units, the lenders are, are very much looking at you as an individual, right? So your income has to support the property because chances are the way that the lenders are analyzing that property, the property itself doesn't cash flow. So even if you're cash flowing according to your numbers, the bank is always using something different and they're always more conservative than, than what you are. So it's difficult to qualify if you don't have your own income and good income at that, right? Once you get up into the commercial space, so six units above, and, and you'll probably notice I left out five units, it's kind of in, in the middle, it's a gray zone. Some lenders will do it residential and some will do it commercial. But once we're into that commercial space, they're no longer looking at you. They're really looking at the property itself and what will this property debt service? So they're gonna be looking at the history of the property. What is the previous owner rented it for? What are your projections going forward? Are you doing anything to the property? Are you renovating? That kind of stuff. So it is really property dependent and not personal, personal dependent. What they're looking from for you is that you know how to manage your credit. So good credit score, right? They're looking to see that you have a good credit score and they're looking to see that you have some assets, right? Because their only repercussion is if you don't pay this mortgage and I have to come after you or your company, like you got to have some, some assets there at the end of the day. Yeah. All right. So, and in your experience, what are some of the best ways to find an investment like that? Because obviously, like you said, they're not so much looking at you. They're looking at the property, the subject property specifically. So how have you found or what do you suggest to go and find good investment property? Yeah, so for my, uh, for my investment experience, the best way to find properties is to get in touch with the owners directly, right? A lot of the stuff that's on, on MLS or Realtor.ca, right? It's, you know, it's not always the, the cream of the crop, let's say. There's a lot of other investors that are looking at those same properties, right? And especially when it comes to multifamily and commercial, like a lot of it goes even before it reaches the, the MLS, right? Realtors will be giving it to the people that they have on their short list and it gets, it, it gets bought up super quick. So if you can get in touch with the owner, that's to me, that's the best way. The best deal that we ever did came through was in Welland and, and it was through and we, we found out about it because my business partner at the time went to church with the lady that owned the hair salon that was on the first level of this, of this property. And, and she told us that the owner was looking to, to sell. And so they put us in touch and it, it was actually, it had actually gone through a foreclosure and the lender was now managing this property from, 
over 100 kilometers away, and it just wasn't in his, his repertoire to be managing the property, and he just wanted to get rid of it, didn't want the hassle of having to list it. So just before it was listed on MLS, we got in touch with, with that owner and negotiated a fantastic deal. And so, you know what, getting in front of the owner, that's the best way to do it, my, my opinion. I love that. So of course, if you start be getting yourself out there, talking to people, you're going to get some opportunities. But I'm just curious, like, have you ever used the purview report to say, I like this building, let me dig into it. And if so, you know, what was the outcome? And also maybe let's talk about purview and what that is a little bit, if you don't mind. Yeah, for sure. So the purview reports are, uh, you can think of it like an automated appraisal. So mortgage brokers have capability that they can search for an address and pull a report. When we get to multifamily buildings and that kind of stuff, it doesn't necessarily give us a value just because it's, it's too difficult for it to produce a value automatically. But that being said, you can find out information such as who the owner is, what mortgages are registered against the property right now, if any, right? And legal description, size of the property, that kind of stuff. Depending on the area, if there are other buildings around, it may give some other comparables. So purview reports are great because they do give you the owner, the owner of the property. And so you can do a Google search in, in that instance, and you might be able to find out who it is. Mm-hmm. And, and another strategy is that you can actually then write a letter as well to the building owner and say, look, I'm, like I'm, I'm a private investor. I'm looking to buy your building. Are you interested in selling? But at least you know who it is as opposed to just writing, hey, dear property owner, at least you know who the name of the person is or if it's a corporation, you'll know that, know that information. Yeah. Like how would you know their actual home address? I'm assuming a lot of them don't live in the same building. So if you did want to write a letter, like yeah. how would you uncover that? So the best way to do it is to go down to the city itself and you can pull the property tax reports for the building. And that is a free search and, and it will actually tell you the mailing address for whoever's on title. Hmm. And so, and so you can, you can go down there with a list of list of properties that you want to look up and you can just kind of look them up one of the one after another. And each municipality is different. Some of them will, some of them will actually have like great big books that you have to kind of scroll through. Some of them will have a computer system that they'll just log you into and, and you can just start searching there. But, but then you'll be able to find the, uh, the mailing address for the corporation because you're right. Chances are it's not, it's not at the building itself. Mm. Yeah, that's awesome. And just being creative, doing something different than just scrolling on MLS and looking for a property, going out there, going to the city, getting that. that that's, that's key. Yeah. That, that's what separates it from the herd, right? What's going to make yeah. you different from that that other the other investors out there that are trying to do the same thing as you right yeah yeah honestly that's that's exactly right like this is a business where you have to get off your butt and get out of your chair go out and do stuff right like uh, you're sitting at home and that's you know (laughs) it took my mentor to tell me that but uh, because that's what i was doing for the first four months but but really that's you have to get out there and you have to network you have to meet people you have to look at buildings. Don't be afraid to go up to people and say, hey, like I'm interested in purchasing property in your area. Are you looking at selling? And you never know where conversations are, are going to go. So you really have to get out there and, and do it. And one other thing I'll, I'll mention on that too is that like a lot of people are, are busy and I, I get that for sure. There are companies out there that, that do this full time, right? Like they're out there finding these properties and they're wholesaling it, right? So if you don't have the time to do it, get in touch with these, with these companies and they'll do it for you, right? Obviously, they're going to charge a fee for it, but trust me, it is totally worth paying that fee. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I heard that in the U.S., 
and this is why it's also important to know the differences there's it's just easier to get lists right so you can like see who's on arrears for taxes you can see who i mean i feel like there's a lot more access because we have privacy laws is there anything that you can add and touch on to be honest i haven't gotten into a lot of it right like we okay. we did have a couple of buildings down there but i didn't get into a lot of the lists and and stuff like that I, i've sort of heard the same thing but i unfortunately i'm not not much help in uh, that's in that okay regard. But you know what, like the fact that you can go and, and pull it, I mean, it's just more manual work, but there's still, I mean, it's just one at a time, but there's still ways to go around and, and to get some information. And I think just saying, hey, I'm interested in looking at this building, let's just figure out who owns it and let's figure out how to get in touch with them. I think that's a great strategy because I think you said it like really, really well. By the time something hits MLS, I mean, by the time something hits MLS, like how many eyeballs have yeah. Yeah. And either probably most likely rejected it. Why? That's why it's hit already. And so that's, by the time yeah. you see it, it's probably not that great of a deal anymore. How like, and it's hard to say percentage, but like how many deals do you think get done off market when it comes to multifamily versus on? I'd say that probably 95% of the good properties get sold off of MLS. I really do. Yeah, it's a it's a super high percentage. All the realtors who are in this business and, and, and doing commercial full time, they have a list of 100 people that they know want these properties. And so what's the point in putting it on MLS when they can send it out to 10 or 100 and, and get it scooped up and even have multiple offers just based on that, right? Mm -hmm. the, where the other 5% are maybe building owners that don't know a realtor that is specifically in the commercial game. And, and so they have their buddy listed. Right. And they don't even necessarily know if, it, if it's a good deal or not. They're just kind of listing it for their friend. Right. So there can be some gems out there for sure. But in my opinion, majority of them, good buildings get get purchased off of MLS. Right. And, and that's another good point is that getting in touch with those realtors that do this on a full time basis. Those are the ones that you want to have in your network and you want to be on their shortlist. Right. And how are you going to do that? constant communication with them, following up, letting them know what you're doing, let them know what you're interested in, right? If you just closed on a building, call them up and let them know, hey, I just bought a 20 unit building. I want another one, right? I want another one, right? Because they, they respond. If they know that somebody is is active and, and will buy, then then they'll send you uh, they'll send you the information. That's right. And I, and I love that mentality. And Sarah, you talk about it all the time. The people on your power team, the people that you're working with, they have to have that investor mindset, right? So definitely a meal being an investor first, obviously, and the reason you got into <laughs> becoming a mortgage broker is because you're like, oh, this might make it easier for me to become an investor if I become a mortgage broker, right? <laughs> but now that you know, you've established you know, your, your mortgage brokerage business and, and still investing, but how can you help other real estate investors you know, either get into the market or help those that are already in the market kind of expand their portfolios? Obviously, like these little tidbits, this advice is, is so powerful. But how are you working with those those investors that on a, on a day to day basis from a mortgage broker standpoint? Yeah, um, good questions. Like first thing I'll say is that whoever my clients are, they're they're getting the same knowledge that I have, right? Any questions that they have, not just on the mortgage itself, but hey, is this a does this look like a decent building to you? Is this something that you would invest in? Like I'll give you my honest my honest opinion, right? And there's been more than one time where I've said, you know what, man, I wouldn't buy this. <laughs> <laughs> right and and it's like i've got to be honest right i you know, i won't uh, i won't tell you something if it's not if it's not the truth no um, case, case in point you're like you're like that safety net i know i know i've brought deals or myself and adam we've brought deals we've looked at you and you're just like and that's all you have to say <laughs> you're just like, <laughs> you're like 
Okay, gotcha. Loud and clear. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, so for people getting into the market, if they're if they're looking to just buy single family, the fourplex, that kind of stuff, there's you know, specific strategies that we can put in place right from the get-go. There are certain lenders that we should be going to first, and then other ones we go second and third, right? And it all depends on how many doors certain lenders will do. Because even if like there's, there's a lender that will do 16 doors, well, we can't start off with that lender because at a, at a certain point, they're going to say, you know, yes, we will do 16 doors. However, you have too many mortgages with us and you're capped out, right? We don't want to lend you any more money. It's not a good risk for us. So there is some strategy there, right? And so that's one of the things that we'll discuss right, right up front. And then if you're a seasoned investor and you're getting into some more multifamily, that kind of stuff, a lot of experience with it. And like I said already, I'll give you my opinion on the building as well as obviously getting you the best terms to go along with your with your finance. And the one thing that I that I do probably that a lot of mortgage brokers don't do is that is that I do take a step back and look at the big picture, right? What are your goals? Where do you want to get to? Is it retirement? Because I know that's what it was for me when I first got started. It's putting that into perspective. And I'll never forget the first time I did that for one of my clients. And it was somebody who was probably about 35 years old at the time. And, and I put together a plan for them that said, look, if you do this, 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 and this, you guys can actually retire in 10 years, right? Which is, and it was not an aggressive plan at all. And they're like leaps and bounds ahead of their, ahead of their program right now. And it's stuff like that, that gives me the goosebumps and, and really makes me excited. That's awesome. Yeah, no, it is really important. And that is why I recommend that as an investor, just work with a mortgage broker because it's not, you're going to have somebody on your team. It's an important, important member of your team that's actually going to care about your plan and help you get there. And I think that's a big piece of it too. And get there strategically. And you mentioned that there's some banks that lend you 16. There's some banks that lend you five. There's just a lot yeah, of rules. Yeah. There's a lot of different regulations per lender. I mean, there's not just banks. Like I think people just think of banks, but there's trust companies, there's credit unions. I mean, there's just so many different things and there's a strategy to all of this madness because if you are looking for a specific goal, like when you do the goals analysis and they have a certain cash flow number or a certain like time horizon and they have to get there, well, maybe they're going to need 20 houses. Maybe they're going to need 10 or however that number looks like. It's really important to like hit those right lenders at the right time. What can you tell Absolutely. us about that? Yeah, I honestly you you've hit it on the you've hit the nail on the head. That's exactly it, right? You have to look at where you want to go in your portfolio and and really strategize on which lenders do we go to first. And it is like you're saying, right? There's there are lenders that will only do five and there are some that will do sixteen, there's some that will do eight. There are credit unions out there as well, as well as trust companies, like you said, and, and beyond that, there's also private financing, right? So it really depends on what your strategy is and where where you want to get to. If you're somebody that's doing multiple flips at the same time, you know, that private lending part of it is going to come in very handy for you. Absolutely. Um, yeah. So it's uh, working with a mortgage broker is, is super important. Absolutely. Can I ask you a question? I was always curious Yeah. and I don't even know if you know the answer, but why do certain banks choose to not work with mortgage brokers? Do you know? Like, I don't know specifically, right? But my guess is, is that they're doing enough business on their own that they don't feel that they need to, right? So somebody like, like Royal Bank, right? Royal Bank doesn't work with, doesn't work with mortgage brokers, but that's because they're the top lending bank in the industry, right? So they don't need to work with mortgage brokers to bring them additional business. They're happy with their model as it is right now. Somebody like Scotiabank, who does work with brokers, they are very aggressive right now, right? They really want to become that. 
that top that top position, right? And so they want to get leads from all over the place. So they not only have their own mobile mortgage specialists, but they also deal with with mortgage brokers. So that's my guess. I don't know. I don't know for sure, but that's my uh, that's my thoughts behind it. But regardless of whether a bank works with mortgage brokers or not. A good mortgage broker will still have contacts at those banks. I like I do a lot of business with RBC because they have certain products that are just more beneficial for my clients, right? And so we, uh, I'll, I'll work with with somebody at the bank that I have a good relationship with. And then it's just essentially on a fee basis. Yeah. So then typically I'll uh, I'll charge a fee for something like that. Yeah. Same as if we were going to do a private loan or something like that. But you know, it shows that you've got the customer's best interest because I think that's important for me. Is like if that is the best option. I actually don't mind paying a fee because I look at this person to be a long-term member on my team and I would rather know, okay, on this one, I have to go with one that you don't work with, but thank you for referring me to that one because it just shows that our relationship is just much more than just a one deal. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, the other thing is that we make it less painstaking, I'll I'll say, (laughs) than if you were to go you go out to every individual bank yourself, right? Like that's, it's a ton of work. They're all going to ask you for, for documents, pull credit reports, all that kind of stuff, right? And a mortgage broker, they'll collect your information once and share it with multiple lenders as well as credit bureaus. So it's just from that standpoint, easing the process is, is a big deal for sure. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And that, and that fee, if you do it right, you make that up tenfold, hundredfold in the actual, in the actual deal and the investment that you're going to make. So it's worth going that route with the mortgage broker, right? So, yeah. So at this point of the podcast, I think we've, we've reached our lightning round. So okay. Neil, are you ready for the lightning round? All right. I'm ready. We'll get it. All, All right, right. So four questions. You are going to give us the first answer that comes to mind. You ready? <laughs> okay. It's now time for the lightning round. This week's lightning round is brought to you by Laurel Simmons. It doesn't matter whether you're an experienced real estate investor or a beginner. It's really easy to lose focus and not accomplish what you set out to do. And when you get right down to it, the reason usually is pretty basic. Your why isn't big enough or clear enough to keep you going. Don't give up. Don't stop. Take a breather from your busy day and think about what you've set out to do and why you're doing it. And while you're taking a break, go to www.thewhyfactorbook.com. There, you can sign up to find out when Laurel's upcoming book, The Why Factor, Why I Eat and Drink My Way Around the World, and Why You Can Too, will be released. And when you do, you'll get free access to a short audio called What's Your Story? Number one, what is the best advice you've ever received from another investor or at a networking event? You know, the, I think the best advice is, was actually from my mentor, and, and it was that this is a people business, right? If you want to succeed in this business, you have to get out there and, and meet people and being an introvert as I, as I was and still am really, that was always the hardest part. And I tried my darndest not to, not to do it. Right. But, but the biggest piece, you know, the best piece of advice was definitely get out there, meet people. If you're sitting at home behind your computer, like you're not going to get anywhere. Yeah. No, that's, that's fantastic advice. You're right. It's, it's not about the bricks and sticks. It's about the people that, uh, that you're working with. And that's how you get those deals. Like you said, like probably 95% right? Of those, yeah. like those off market deals that don't reach there. It's because of the relationships that you build. So great, yeah. great answer. All right. So question number two, what is your favorite real estate investing resource? My favorite real estate investing resource. Anything you can come up with. Yeah. Well, I, like my top three is you, like you're one of my best. I would say maybe first thing that's coming to my mind is the purview report. 
you know, that is a like a huge resource and it can give you a lot of information. And I, I pull them on every property that I'm that I'm looking at for sure. So that's kind of the first thing that pops in my mind. Does the purview report cost money? It does. So so mortgage brokers, we pay like a set fee and we get so many purviews. So, you know, if you have a mortgage broker that's into into real estate investing, they'll definitely have that subscription. So yeah, and I'm more than happy to help anybody out that needs that needs a purview report for sure. Awesome. Question number three, what is the one attribute that has made you most successful? I think determination. It wasn't always easy. I know I first got into this business when I had my first, uh, my first child. And as all parents know, like it's, it's tough, right? It's tough to, to have a child and, and have your regular day job by itself, right? And then you add on investing on the side at the, at the same time. And I think, I think that was, was part of it. So just determination. Yeah. Consistently getting it done. Right. I I think that was it. And I'm going to add just being one of the nicest guys on the planet. That's (laughs) definitely a a big attribute. So I'm going to add that for a meal on that one. Uh, Thanks Alfonso. I appreciate it. (laughs) All right. Question number four, last question of the lightning round. It's a typical Sunday morning. What are you doing? Hanging out with the family. Yeah, absolutely. I really, uh, ever since I quit my day job and started doing this other stuff, uh, doing the investing and, and the mortgage brokering full time, I've like, I got into this business so that I could have more time, spend more time with my family. And so I work really hard <laughs> to make sure that I do that. So weekends, honestly, like I, I'll, like I'll have the occasional appointment here and there, but, but I do my best to, to keep it family, family alone. So yeah, hanging out with the kids, just playing around. Yeah. Very cool. And you have one on the way as well. I do. Yeah. So I've got two right now. One due in June. So uh, that'll be another uh, life changer. <laughs> you know, this is our third. So, so we're used to it. Yeah, we will be outnumbered. Yeah. Uh, we, had awesome. to, we had to bite the bullet and buy a minivan. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Awesome. So Emil, if listeners wanted to reach out to you, know more about you, where can they go? So I guess the easiest place is to go to my website and go to jelinekmortgages.ca and all the contact information is there. That's probably the easiest way. I'm on Facebook as well. Just search for Emil Jelinek Mortgage Alliance and uh, and you'll find me. Yeah, that's probably the easiest. Do you want me to give my phone number? Am I allowed to give my phone number? Whatever you want. <laughs> all right. Phone number is 416-402-7448 for anybody that uh, wants to just call. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you so much, Emil. And any last words of advice or anything that you want the Right Club listeners to know? I think it's just stick with it, right? No matter what uh, what comes up, there's a way around it, right? If other people have done it, so can you, right? Absolutely. And it's just, yeah, get out of your shell and, and meet as many people as you can. Well yeah. said. Thank you so much, Emil. It was great to be able to talk to you and thank you for all the amazing insights. Thank you, Alfonso, for bringing Emil into the show as well and absolutely absolutely you know, I, you're our- you know what? it's such a great resource i uh, you know what i love you bro <laughs> <laughs> i love you too uh, all right guys i think we thanks a lot guys get a room and <laughs> all right thank i appreciate you. you guys having me on thank you so much thank you Alfonso, this was so much fun. You know what's really cool is that after we turned the recording off, I'm like, okay, give me an answer on this. And we were like, 
asking him all these questions. Like, I think we just spent another hour. We could have actually recorded a whole other podcast. He's got so much information and so willing to share. It's awesome. Oh yeah. There's a time. So I always joke around with Emil because I call him so much and because his name starts with an A like mine, I always say, no, I mean, I'm not butt dialing you. I am actually calling you that many times a day and not so much anymore. Still calling him for, for important stuff. But I remember going through this education, the, the real estate education, learning. He was such a big support and he still is. He still helps so many investors out there and the different stories. And I'm just one life that he impacted and changed and allowed me to, to grow and, and, and do it another way and not that nine to five grind and, and that kind of stuff. But uh, yeah, he, he is fantastic. And yeah, you definitely need a good mortgage broker on your mm-hmm. side that's going to work with you, that knows what your goals are, that knows, okay, you need X amount or whatever per month. And you know, even the story that he told where with the client, he was pretty conservative and within 10 years was able to you know, retire, quote unquote, retire, you know, and awesome. you throw that word around retire. I don't think we'll ever retire. I think we'll be God willing. We live to like, you know, 150 years old and we're still doing this podcast and talking about real estate, hopefully from like a much warmer location and like having some like cool sets and that kind of stuff. But that's the cool thing is that you, you got to work with that, that mortgage broker that knows what you need when you need it. And yeah, he's definitely been that guy for Jag properties. And for me, just as a, like I said, as a personal friend, yeah. What was your biggest takeaway or what did you like what Emil was saying? I really enjoyed hearing about the differences between the multifamily, the single family, and the fact that 95% of deals for multifamily aren't even done on MLS. It's all behind the scenes. So he gives us some great tips on how to find those. And really you got to be connected but using that purview report, getting the tax information. I mean, there's lots of great tips there. That's right. You. That's right. It's, and again, it was the advice that he gave right at that very end. It's the, the people business. It is a people mm-hmm. business. Yes, we're buying properties. We're buying buildings, houses, storage units, all different types of rental vacations, all this kind of stuff, physical things. But it's a people business. And listen, we love that you listen to this podcast. We, we really work hard at this and give up a lot of our time. I enjoy it. So it's not really giving up the time. We dedicate a lot of our time to it, but it is the people business. We want you to come out to the live events and network and interact with people. You never know. Maybe there's someone walking around in a right club room going, Hey, I have like five multi-unit buildings that have like 200 units and I'm done. I just want to sell them. Well, he's not just going to, I don't know, put that out there on Kijiji. He's going to want to work with somebody or she's going to want to work with somebody that she meets and talks to. So you never know. I'm not saying you come out to a right club event, you're going to get 200 units first time out. But again, if you don't meet those people and make those connections, you never will. Right? So that, that is definitely a key part is, is the people business, meeting people, talking to people for sure. That was my biggest takeaway. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, this, this has been really fun. And the other thing I want to say is I want to thank our listeners for tuning in, for subscribing, for leaving some awesome reviews. And I just wanted to take a moment and and just thank a few personally that left some really cool reviews. We got one from CJamie44. Great podcast so far. Can't wait to hear more from you guys. Cheers. Building it right. Awesome, valuable information for anyone looking to understand the impact of real estate investing. It's changed my life and I hope listeners take action and have success in creating the life they want to live. Action equals results. Thank you for this podcast. Really cool. Mike Noak, 
Great job, everyone. Smiley face, smiley face. We've got from one from Joanna. Sarah and Alfonso are awesome. The insights provided are fantastic. I gained a lot by listening to this podcast during my driving. Truly recommend it. Guys, thank you so much for taking the time to leave a review. We love to do it. We love to do this. It's so much fun. And we also love to hear from you. And if you do enjoy it or if you have different ideas or different things that you want to get from the podcast or different people that you want on the show, like let us know this is a podcast to help you and to help you grow your real estate business. Absolutely. And I'm having so much fun doing this. And I want to thank you, Sarah, for bringing me along with this journey. I won't say dragging me, but bringing me along on this journey because I was really at the beginning, really, really hesitant and scared and nervous. I love doing the in-person live stuff. I was always nervous about, you know, recording and doing that. But you know what? I, I can't thank you enough for helping me just get past that. Um, it was more of a mental thing, just getting past that mental hurdle of doing it. And you're such a great example. And still to this day, your podcast is like one of the first ones I go to that I listen to. And you have such amazing guests and insight. And, and guys, you guys really don't know how smart Sarah actually is. The questions that we ask our guests are so amazing. I've learned so much just by knowing Sarah the last few years. You're, you're really too nice. Good. You're actually probably the nicest person I know. You are like so nice. But... <laughs> Well, isn't Alfonso a nice guy? Yes. Well, absolutely. Well, listen, it's, it's really easy to be nice to people that are nice to you, that are helping you grow and helping you push. And there is no, there's no like hidden agenda. You're not doing it because you get something or we're not doing this podcast because we're getting something out of it. What we're getting out of it is that we want to help as many people as we possibly can. We started doing that with the right club and that's going to keep doing that with the live events. But this podcast is it's out there for, for everybody to listen to. I think we even had people like listening to it in Europe. So I don't know if right club nation, if you guys were vacationing out there or if we have some fans out in Europe, I don't know, maybe Euro vacation for the right club or something. <laughs> I don't know. But again, thank you to our listeners. We really appreciate the, the reviews, the feedback that you're giving us. It helps us grow. It helps us get better and really come grow with us. We are growing. We are growing together, little by little, every day. We would love to see that growth in you, in us, and together. That's, uh, that's the key part. There you go. Well, Alfonso, thank you so much for being a great co-host as usual, and we will see you next week. All right. Bye, guys. Thanks for listening to the Right Club Podcast and joining our community of real estate investors online at therightclub.com, where the focus is about helping you grow. We look forward to seeing you again next week. Thanks from your hosts, Sarah Larby and Alfonso Salemi.